0: Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, November the 30th and 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A and the second Sunday of Advent. And on the Wednesday of the week, we'd like to pick up one of the extra passages that float around in this week of the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the church's calendar year. But as I telegraphed earlier this week, I mean, Advent's only got about four, usually four passages per week. And so we're doing five days a prayer time every week and so sometimes during these seasons like these we have to improvise a little bit and pick one of our own and so I decided to go to Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16 and just dwell on that passage a little bit today so let me read that passage, write a couple points for reflection and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Matthew chapter twenty, verses one through sixteen. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After he agreed with the workers to pay them a denarian, he sent them into his vineyard. Then he went out around nine in the morning and saw others standing around the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. And they went. Again around noon, and then at three in the afternoon. He did the same thing. Around five in the afternoon, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you just standing around here doing nothing all day long? Because nobody has hired us, they replied. He responded, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the manager, call the workers and give them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and moving on finally to the first. When those who were hired at five in the afternoon came, each one received a denarian. Now when they those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarian. When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner. These who were hired last worked one hour, and they received the same pay as we did, even though we did we worked the whole day in the hot sun. He replied to one of them, Friend, I did you no wrong. Didn't I agree to pay you a denarian? Take what belongs to you and go, I want to give to this one who was hired last the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you resentful because I'm generous? So those who are last will be first and those who are first will be last. This is the word of God for us. So this parable highlights something that was pretty common in jesus day according to some of our best resources we know that uh, there was many more workers than jobs available and uh, because of that there was this sense where people could pick up day laborers for work in their fields whether it be harvest or planting or this or that and so um whenever this took place seemed to be a pervasive issue the roman empire decided to make a coin for a day's wage called a denarian or denarius depending on your translation right and so here's a market full of day workers um, at the very beginning of the day and some are selected now you can you and i can imagine that the ones first selected aren't just random like they're not just counting them like in gym class dividing up teams they're probably looking for people who have like a strong stature like They've got calluses on their hands or the ones that they've hired before because they've done work in their fields and they were pleased with their work. And so little by little, you know, the usual suspects get weeded out, the ones who are always taken. And then not everybody gets taken every day. And so for those who are left behind, uh, they go home. They don't have any money uh, for a day's wage to go to the marketplace, bring home groceries, to put, you know, food on the table. So you can imagine like just how the pressure, the anxiety and then the pain. It's in these communities because there's not enough work to go around. I mean, I imagine being a day worker and you go to the marketplace and if you get picked up, you get to go home with groceries in your hand. And your kids are at the door. They're looking out the window to wait for you to come home. And when they see you with arms full of groceries, they celebrate. When they see you with nothing in your hands, they mourn, right? And for those who don't get picked up very often, there's probably like that desperation begins to set in 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 different uh households in that community maybe even some rivalry and envy because of it Um, there are other rabbis who told similar parables uh, we know from some new testament scholarship Uh, some tell the story a different way where those who only worked one hour got the same pay because in a uh, kind of reversal of what you would expect like they do just as much work in one hour as those who were selected the whole day did in their whole days of work. And so it's more like based on meritocracy. But Jesus doesn't tell the story that way. Jesus just says that what's unique is not so much the workers. What's unique is this landowner. Like he wants to do things differently. And one of the things that I dwelled on this time around is how um, this landowner, like he didn't want to hide the fact that he was going to be unusually generous uh, to the people who only worked for one hour. Okay. He could have paid the workers who worked all the day first, they're denarius, they're denarian, and they would have gone away gone to the marketplace and have no idea who is who and how much they got paid at the end of the line. But one of the key details of the story is that the landowner decides to start with those who were hired last so that everyone could be aware and witness it. And notice what happens when the ones who've been working all day long, when they noticed uh, that the, the ones who only worked for an hour got the the terms, they got paid the thing that uh, they had agreed upon. They thought to themselves, wow, like, how fortunate are we? We're going to get paid more than won't be expected because of what this thing is trending like, right? But they got paid the same. And I think another key feature of this story is the landowner talking with those who uh, were upset about this horror deal. Uh, the landowner says, are you so envious because I'm so generous? Uh, there's a sense where generosity can be a stumbling block to people. And this is getting towards the end of Matthew's gospel. Uh, Robert Farrar capan mentions this before, but he thinks that the parables go through a trajectory in Matthew's gospel. It starts with gospels of the, uh, the parables of the kingdom, parables of grace, parables of judgment. And we're getting into that parables of judgment. Section and uh, this judgment is subtle. Like it may not be like the angry, stern judge behind a bench, but it's that real subtle voice that slips through our defenses, that confronts us with this reality. That at times what we stumble with in our walk with God is not uh, some of the features of you know the grave difficulty of this life that can bring us from time to time. Loving our neighbors, going the extra mile, uh, being you know, uber generous and things like that, There's those things of the Christian life. But I think one of the things that stumble we could stumble on if we are willing to admit it is that we would rather not have God be as generous as God is, right? We, we love the fact that he's generous to us and to people like us, but what about people that we don't really care for or get along with? Like, aren't we like, like, aren't we like, Thinking, man, like I, I don't know if I can uh, deal with a guy like that because this is now like turning the tables of my expectations. And if I'm wrong on this, I might be wrong on other things as well. So this parable has a lot to say to us this day. There's like this generosity quotient. This is looking at the end of the line, not just the front of the line. It's also about this idea of how generosity can be a stumbling block. But imagine the power of this story, right? So those who get looked over and picked over, who go home with like arms without groceries night after night because they're the ones that picked up every day, like they actually get a full day's wage. They get to go home with sacks full of food and their family has celebration on that table. And as dad is putting kids in bed and as he's in his bed at night thinking about the whole day, just imagine the weight lifted off the shoulders because he notices now there's a vineyard owner who's different than the rest, who will hire them not based on what they've done before but based on their willingness to work, even if it's the last hour of the day. That reorders things and causes new things to spring into being, which is exactly the heart of the gospel, right? God is doing new things, and because of that, we get to adjust and change. And if we do so, if we adjust and change and change our sights, then we can see great and marvelous things pop up in the world around us. So with these things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today. You're the generous God, and we confess to you that your generosity warms our hearts because we understand that uh, an element of the gospel is that when we were wandering away from you, you chased us down, you brought us into your family, you forgave us our sins, and you placed at your table. God, we confess to you at times, we stumble over your generosity. Uh, We would rather you not be generous to people that we have a hard time dealing with, and we just confess that to you, but we thank you that we are on the road to transfer transformation, that our lives are being changed, that our confirmation biases are being confronted uh, by the richness of your grace. And so this day, I pray that we would be eager uh, to include like you were eager to include. And God, we thank you for the ramifications and the opportunity of it, where lives can be changed and transformed, where communities can be reordered because of your rich the richness of your generosity. And so may you find us being willing to accept and to embrace and to include And I pray that you would help us to resist this dividing and this uh, being closed-minded and having limited expectations of what your grace just might do. So God, this day, during this Advent season where we're waiting on Christmas, as we wait, may we learn, and may we learn to be more like Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.